Welcome to Gaia's Unexplained Podcast. Go beyond the mainstream to uncover hidden truths and decode ancient origins. If you want to go deeper, visit Gaia.com. Watch interviews, movies, and original series created to empower a community of fellow seekers. For more information, visit GaiaUnexplained.com. What is the Philosopher's Stone of alchemy? For centuries, the Philosopher's Stone, which according to legend and myth can work wonders, was sought after by ancient alchemists. Hundreds of works have been written, but it still remains unclear to so many. What exactly is the Philosopher's Stone? In their writings, the alchemists used a multitude of allegories, metaphors, and symbols that only the initiated could correctly decode. Using its power, people can become creators, such as Jesus Christ, the legendary Count of Saint-Germain, and the world-famous Helena Blavatsky, who could literally materialize objects out of thin air or transform one thing into another. The secret of all of these abilities lies within our hearts, where there is a crystal that represents the crystallized fiery energy accumulated through the ages and through our lifetimes. In Tibet, these stones are called the ring cell. When a high lama dies, he is cremated, and then his closest disciples begin to look for the ring cell stones which is the only thing that remains of his pile of ashes after his cremation. In Bhutan, Buddhists believe that the presence of ring cell stones proves the teacher achieved spiritual purity and that those who view the ring cell can actually themselves be spiritually transformed. Ring cell often come from past Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the 10th level. If one has strong faith and devotion, Thousands of relics often manifest from just one. It is essential to keep it in a very pure and a clean place and cared for very well. Prayers and offerings are very often done in their presence. These relics could be considered being a precipitation of bliss, arising from the central nervous system of highly realized masters and the activity of bodhisattvas. Is there anywhere else that we can find a reference to this ring cell, stone and crystal phenomenon of a crystal that grows within the heart of an initiated, pure teacher who's actually learned to combine the heart-brain consciousness successfully? Well, it turns out that there is. Let's go back for a moment to the Salvatore Mundi by Leonardo da Vinci. If we look closely at the Salvatore Mundi, there is an aspect of it that we have not yet touched upon that is quite enigmatic in and of itself. What is that large amber-colored stone immediately at the center of the letter X? We already know was telling us the exact eris angle edge of the Great Pyramid. The center of the X or as it's pronounced in Greek, the chi, as in alpha, chi, omega, 
At its center sits a large stone. The amber color is very telling. Is this representative of a large amber ring cell? I believe that it is. If we also look at the X, we'll notice that the numbers 888 show up in multiple locations in the embroidery. And what is the meaning of 888? 8 times 3, or 8 plus 8 plus 8, equals 24. Bringing back divinity onto this earth. The notion of Christ consciousness relating back to the number 24 as separated as an equilateral triangle is exactly what we're being told here by Leonardo da Vinci. Eight is also a reference to light. The number eight in particle physics is represented by the photon. Light, light, light. When we achieve this stage of Christ consciousness, our entire life experience will be transformed. And in the process, we ourselves will start to grow our own ring cell stone in the center of our hearts. This is where the old terminology is from of weighing the heart. The heart is something that is above and beyond the logos. The pathos is able to bring us closer to our own divinity and realization of who we are and who we always have been, but allowed ourselves to forget as we have gotten into the world of day in and day out duality. As we finally learn to transcend this stage of our existence, a new world awaits us. This is what Leonardo is trying to tell us, as the Salvatore Mundi is motioning the Alpha Chi Omega, the Chi being the cross that connects heaven to earth. The triangle, circle, and square. In these three very simple geometric forms, we can find the answers to all things. The square representing the masculine, the circle representing the feminine, and the triangle representing the divine. As we understand that life is not what we had thought it always was, but rather could be so much more, that we ourselves through this process become as a result philosophers, lovers of wisdom, perceiving our world around us very differently than we ever have in the past, and waking up to our own destiny that was always there and by our own choosing. We have learned that the philosopher's stone is not simply this notion of changing lead into gold, but rather changing the lead of a lower form of our own consciousness into the gold of the pure heart that is achieved and culminated in the formation of the crystal that grows within that heart. 
This is a rare invitation for each of us at this very early stage to embrace the notion and concept of the magnum opus by integrating a heart-brain philosophy into our lives. While Robert Grant believes the alchemical path to be a vital path which accelerates the spiritual evolution of humanity, Robert also sees the act of physically creating geometric forms as another vital tool for expanding your consciousness. If you go through history and notice that one of the great aspects of Hermeticism is the notion of the simplicity relational to the compass and the square. Somehow, drawing geometry seems to open our minds in new ways that we didn't consider prior to us commencing that effort. It's as if we ourselves are sitting in the role of the architect, architecting and consciously delivering on the ideas and concepts to create the reality around us that we now experience. Somehow when we tap into that space, it's not dissimilar from meditation. One of the things that has also come out of this is that in drawing Metatron's cube, I was able to discover more than 30 new, entirely new geometric forms that I now call collectively the Granthahedron family of solids. These solids are very interesting because they've not been seen before, will not find them inside of mathematical sort of different forms of geometry that are either called Catalan solids or Platonic solids or Archimedean solids or duals of any of those solid structures. These are entirely new geometric forms that have a unique simplicity in that in particular, I saw them amidst a complex structure of lines. As I work through these lines, every time I do it, somehow my perspective shifts on the world around me. It almost forces me as I'm drawing geometry in a more and more three-dimensional form or in a fashion that would look as if it's actually in motion. This is a very specific form of geometric drawing. During the Renaissance, this accompanied the actual Renaissance itself. As Leonardo da Vinci in particular, and several others during the time, started to use depth of perception and perspective drawing in ways that had never been used before, moving their artistic world away from a flat Euclidean plane to three-dimensional and seemingly four-dimensional in motion geometric forms. Some of the more famous examples of this you can see by Leonardo, but also you can see some of them in the famous paintings that have been performed and done where we'll see both Plato and Pythagoras walking down large vistas and hallways that seem to go on as far as the eye can see, lending perspective and depth to a painting that otherwise would be absolutely flat and motionless. Is it possible that as we expand our minds and start to create new synaptic junctions and connect different parts of our brain, that somehow it will have an even more profound effect on how we perceive reality itself? Some believe that as we move through higher dimensions, 
that everything that is possible in higher dimensions is actually around us today. It's simply that we are unable to perceive it. I believe that drawing by hand geometry changes dramatically your ability to perceive higher dimension. It is precisely the training that our brain radio requires to be able to unlock the power of the pineal gland and the pituitary glands to enlighten and awaken fully the third eye and the crown chakras. This is what fundamentally changes how you perceive the world and your ability to answer very complex problems with simplistic, relatable, and consistent, and most importantly, very, very understandable answers. Gaia.com lets you explore over 8,000 films, documentaries, and original series. There's so much going on in the unseen world. Hidden truth. Why in the media today? They still seem to hold back on these incredible stories. Behind an unknown universe. Where science and spirituality all come together. Gaia.com. Content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaUnexplained.com. In the process of drawing geometry, I took on one of the great challenges that, of course, Leonardo da Vinci also took on in leaving us the illustration of the Vitruvian Man. The Vitruvian Man, as an illustration, puts forward this notion that had already been around for several thousand years of the importance of squaring the circle. The challenge from ancient times until now has always been, how do you square a circle to be able to draw what is referred to as unconstructible numbers because of their transcendent irrationality? And without measurement, it's simply an impossibility. It is possible to be able to square a circle and match the areas of the square and the circle using computer technology. That's obvious. But doing so without the aid of any measurement whatsoever and to do so in drawing it by hand, now that is a different challenge altogether. And the subject of the challenge that has been put forward since the time of ancient Greek mathematicians and philosophers took it on. It was believed from that time until now that somehow if we'd be able to tackle this task, that we would be able to achieve a higher level of understanding and awareness and enlightenment to finally bring into balance the energies of the masculine and the feminine together into one. In cracking the code that was left to us by Leonardo da Vinci, it also gave us a blueprint for how to square the circle correctly. Three different ways. Simply following a cipher key that Leonardo left us in his square, having an area value compared to the circle that had an area value of pi, that relationship was simply Euler over pi. The form of squaring the circle that he left us may not have been the correct form that mathematicians in the day or for thousands of years would say is actually the correct form. I believe it is undoubtedly one of the correct forms. As we measure scalar waves that are compression, longitudinal waves of sound, 
versus the measurement of transverse waves of light, which are spiraling all around us every single day of our lives. When we understand the nature and relationship of scalar versus transverse, we note that the commanding and governing bodies and mathematical constants that create these associations in the first place require adjustment. That adjustment is found within the ratio of Euler divided by pi. This irrevocably comes back to a number that we all associate very closely with that relates to light. For Euler divided by pi divided by two gives us the square root of the speed of light, bringing us back again to approximately 432. 432 is a very interesting number that we find originally in the form of the Tetractus left to us by Pythagoras himself. Four different lines of a pyramid that starts with four positional points, goes to three, then goes to two, then goes to one. Four, three, two, one. I mentioned that 888 is representative of light, 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 and Christ consciousness in particular. 8 plus 8 plus 8 equals 24. Very interestingly, 4 times 3 times 2 times 1 also equals 24. And now we find ourselves irrevocably back looking at and observing the 24-hour clock that is the prime number pattern and the repetition of all Fibonacci numbers infinitely. 24 brings with it a certain degree of access to the divine. 24 and its reciprocal value, 42, are very special numbers indeed. 1 over 24 rounds to 42. And also, we also note that it is not only its reciprocal, but it's also its palindrome. Palindrome is kind of a fancy name in mathematics for describing a number that when we invert or reverse the number has the same digits. And so we know that there's some form of a relationship there. 24 backwards would be 42. So there must be some universal form that's important when constructing the world and constructing the universe that says that a number whose inverse value, reciprocal inverse value, is equivalent to its palindrome has very unique mirroring characteristics. This is one of the reasons why 24 is so special. Another reason we know 24 is so special is because the square root of 10, which is 3.16227766, divided by 10, now taking that number to 0.316227766, and then adding one to that value. Now, 1.316227766, raised to the exponential power of one over 0.24 is a very, very close approximation, much closer than even 22 over seven for the value of pi.
But how can we take this knowledge and apply it to art? How can we take the golden number and golden ratio and golden angle and apply it to artistic expression? All of my work over the past many years now has been a direct result of this convergence of science and art into one form. No longer separated between these different disparate disciplines, but rather convergent and beautiful because of its convergence, not despite its convergence. As we look at squaring the circle and how to actually do this and draw it out by hand, we must look at the Euler area value of the da Vinci square. Now you'll notice that the da Vinci square barely crests the lines of the circle that intersect the square. This is a unique characteristic and one that has been the subject of some ridicule from the mathematics community for several hundred years now. Because what da Vinci did was nowhere close to a true squaring of the circle without the knowledge that the scalar value is the equivalent value to compare against a transverse value of light. Effectively, we're looking at darkness versus light. Another aspect of this that we can look at, though, is that maybe we can use the da Vinci square in order to solve this age-old riddle of how to draw by hand without any measurement whatsoever a perfect squaring of the circle. And not only do so to perfectly square the circle in area, but has da Vinci given us the ability now through his cipher key and 500-year-old-plus drawing, the ability also to square the perimeter so that it is equivalent to the circumference of the same circle? Three ways to square the circle. The da Vinci method, the area squaring method, and the perimeter circumference squaring method. Could it be that they're all hidden within the simplistic and elegant form of da Vinci square, the Euler value versus the pi value of the circle? Leonardo was famous for saying that simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. I believe he has 100% embodied that core principle in his masterpiece work, The Vitruvian Man. I encourage you to try drawing it for yourself. There's something, again, that is very powerful that relates to consciousness and our own meditation and conscious awareness when we take the effort to draw using only a compass and a square. Art is something that emerges from the heart, the heart center. Science is something that connects the dots for us in our logical mind. As we draw geometry, we learn and we teach our mind how to contextualize and bring perspective, new ways of seeing the world to our consciousness. I believe that fundamentally changes our ability to perceive higher dimensions. And pattern recognition 
becomes a fundamental way for us to be able to look at our own level of conscious progression. This is not learning nameless, faceless mathematics. I'm talking about making an expression from the heart. As you make that expression from the heart, that effort starts to meld with the mind. Again, bringing together logos and pathos into one. This will change how you perceive the world. And by taking the effort even to hand draw out the geometry of squaring the circle given to us as a gift from Leonardo da Vinci himself over 500 years ago, I fundamentally believe we will start to embody what it means to be the change that we would like to see in the world. I'm Robert Grant, and this is The Codex. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gaia's Unexplained Podcast. To learn even more, go to Gaia.com, where you can watch interviews, movies, and original series. Gaia.com, content you can't find anywhere else. For more information, visit GaiaUnexplained.com.